and welcome to TV My Husband Hates. I'm Kat Sims. And I'm Regan Kempton. And we are reality TV addicts. Addicts, uh, aficionados. Ooh, I like that. Experts. Experts. Basically, we know our shit when it comes to reality TV. 100%. Hey, everyone. Welcome to another episode of TV My Husband Hates. I am coming to you from quarantine uh, in the midst of the coronavirus. Reagan, how are you? <laughs> yeah, we're all hanging in there. Um, I'm on day five of quote unquote homeschooling the children. Um, none of us are sick, which is great. And we're super thankful for that. But then Colorado decided to have a blizzard. So this is day two of being stuck inside. So the kids were a bit feral today. <laughs> oh man. I mean, to be fair, I would have been disappointed if coronavirus had got in the way of weather corner on TV. My I husband know, so but I'm, no, they so go I'm glad hand in to hand. know that we're still happy to chat weather. Um, it's, I, I think probably is now quite a good time to, to sort of address the fact that last week when we recorded our podcast yes. two things firstly technical issues yeah <coughs> otherwise Sorry about that. translated as i'm a wanker um <laughs> and we had no idea at the time that this was the end of the world as we knew it. So no. I feel like maybe we were a little flippant. A hundred percent. We are very, very sorry for the bottom of our hearts for being flippant about coronavirus. That obviously bit us in the ass. Um, and now we are practicing the ultimate of social distancing by having a podcast <laughs> that goes transatlantic. <laughs> Can I just say, we were doing it before it was cool. A hundred percent. We fucking blazed the trail on social distancing. <laughs> just going to be honest. <laughs> You couldn't get we more knew. distance. <laughs> we knew where this was, where it was at. Right. Um, anyway, so apologies if we yeah. appeared flippant. Obviously, we're not massive cocks. We no. just were working with the knowledge that we had. Now that we realize what's actually happening, we are far more on board. I do have yes. a kid with coronavirus. Uh, she's fine. By the way, she fever, cough, but generally fine. Uh, I'm pretty sure I've had it. Um, and Jimmy apparently tells me that ginger people don't get it. So he's fine too. Yeah. Well, good. You guys are all solid. We have only been seeing ourselves since Sunday. So almost a full week of really no viable human contact. So we are all healthy and continue to blaze the trail. The watching reality TV has become a little bit more complicated now that I don't have <laughs> oh, I my days to myself. So, <laughs> But here's the ultimate irony for you, because obviously for the last 18 months, you and Elijah have barely seen anything of each other because right. of course he's been working full time and doing his MBA. And literally the weekend he finishes his <laughs> MBA, you're not just like, oh, it's great to have you back it's like you are here all the fucking time exactly i mean as much as i love everyone um in my immediate family the 24 7 access to us all is getting a bit much um but i will have to say this my kids have actually other than today they've been they've been pretty rock star behavior like just getting on with homework enjoying being home i feel the novelty will probably wear off for them next week and then we still have a couple more weeks to go because our schools are shut down until april 17th they say but in my gut, I'm preparing for them not to go to school until next year. I mean, it is unfucking precedented times. But yes, let me just reassure you: um, not that I'm one to, you know, benefit from the coronavirus. But if you happen to have more time on your hands, you happen yeah. to be watching more reality TV. This is the fucking podcast for you. 100%. And we will be here through coronavirus. There is nothing that's going to get in our way no. of recording this shit every single week for you guys to really enjoy. So um, 
Justice, Absolutely. let me tell you, we'll be here for you through it all. And Kardashians are starting next week. Uh, March 26th is the release date in the US. For those in the UK, it's the 26th of March. Um, so we'll be adding them back to our schedule. So I'm sure we can expect some lightheartedness from those gals. Or from what I've seen in the previews, some like major fisticuffs going down. So either way, I, we're here for that. I am excited. I haven't seen anything yeah. in terms of previews or anything like that. Um, and of course we lose very very cavalry after this week so it's perfect timing yep. it's almost like they fucking planned this shit a hundred percent and then i think we'll lose the real housewives of atlanta before new york starts and then the beverly hills trailer was out today so if you are a member of our facebook group you can head on over and see it there um you could also just google it but you know come over to the group chat hang out we're all on social media more these days, so make your voice heard. That's wh- that's where it's at. That is where it's at. Um, okay, if you're watching this on YouTube, I have full face makeup and I'm wearing a sequined cat suit because it's <laughs> apparently hashtag quarantine, but make it cute. Frankly, I was so sick and tired of being in sweats and it was starting to affect my mood. Do you know what yeah. I mean? Like, I feel like now I'm going to have to get up, get showered, get just even like just day makeup on. Right. Because otherwise, I just said to Jimmy, I'm one of those people where if I have all the time in the world to do it, I won't fucking do anything. No, you'll take all the time in the world to do it. Right. But if I like work a full day, come home and know I've got two hours to clean the house, do the laundry, watch a show and do a podcast, I'm fucking, I'm a machine. Yeah. But tell me I've got all day to do that shit. I'll do nothing. No, that's a hundred percent my problem at all. Today, I do not have makeup on. I am wearing glasses, but uh, my hair is done for the first time this week. Looks cute. Thanks. Even straightened it and everything. So maybe next week I I will join the makeup revolution. (laughs) I think we should do this on Fridays. I think we we should like quarantine, but make it cute. Yes. And let's go over the top and crazy. Maybe I will even have drinks because now that we, now that kids are home, we're having to do this a little bit later. So it's 2 PM my time, which I think is a more socially acceptable time to have a cocktail when my kids take a nap. So maybe that's our plan for Fridays. Do it. I think we do it. We'll do it. We'll do a poll about it and we'll see what you say. If you reckon that Reagan should be having a cocktail (laughs) at 2 PM for the recording, then whatever Instagram says, I will do. I throw my fate into the hands of Instagram. Okay. So also just before we start, and I know it's long intro, uh, but we've all got a lot of time in our hands. So you won't mind if it's a little bit of a longer episode. Um, Am I the only one thinking while we're watching these shows? Like, how is this going to affect production of shows that are currently in filming? No, apparently they, I read something where they were filming the Real Housewives of Atlanta reunion and they've had to stop it. So that will probably be delayed. I'm sure a lot of the other shows will just have delayed because I think what we'll see immediately are shows that have already wrapped. So, you know, obviously New York's wrapped, Beverly Hills is wrapped. Maybe the reunions will be delayed if they can't come together by that time. Um, But I think it'll have like the next kind of round knock on like Potomac kind of back to where we were when we first started the podcast. Those shows will probably be delayed. I'm sure they want to do a below deck. Well, if we get to a point, you know, if the end of the world goes on longer than we think it's going to go on, we'll have a chat about extra kind of material that we can put together. But rest assured, 
there will be an episode at least once a week for you. Absolutely. If not more if we're doing like minisodes and things like that. Um, I have been watching Love is Blind as Ooh, well. Have so you? I think we can definitely do that. I'll, I'll get I'll get all caught up on that. So my birthday is tomorrow. So my husband oh. is just going to put the kids in the car and drive them around for probably the entire day just so I can have a day to myself. So maybe that is my Love is Blind in bed day. That's it. Happy birthday to you. Thank and I'm really you. Shit, I forgot. That's but all right. it was the end of the world, but I'm going to make it up to you. Excellent. I made Don't my mom, I, my mom called and asked me what I wanted. I got her to buy me weights so I can work out at home. I feel like that's probably the most adult gift I've ever really asked for, but I'm super excited for them. They come Monday. That's brilliant. Yeah. I haven't yet worked out at home. I did one yoga session on the first morning, but I think it was the novelty. I think it was like the excitement and right. now I'm done. You're over so. it. Oh, I did dance for half an hour in the garden to the Done. greatest soundtrack, uh, the greatest showman soundtrack. So that I think counts. Yeah, uh, gym work is my sanity. So for us to survive quarantine. I must work out in the morning because if not, everybody will like, once we're all released back into the wild, my entire family will be dead. So mm-hmm. let's and not I, go and, that way. And No, let's not do that. Yeah. Um, all right. All right. Should we get on with it? <laughs> yes. Slightly longer intro than normal, but let's yeah. jump straight into the Shards of Sunset, which is annoying because it's kind of a week behind, but you can forgive us. You'll get over it. Yeah. Uh, and it was kind of MJ's big return, wasn't it? Absolutely it was. We see her kind of um, in baby mama mode at the very beginning um, where she kind of says it's been a month since baby Shams was born and nobody has come and visited. So like Nima is the first of the group to actually meet the baby, which I just found shocking. Like me too. People got to put their shit aside. Like those, those first four weeks are dark fucking times, man. And nobody's checking in. I have to say like, even if she did everything that Reza thinks she did, and I've got to be honest, she probably did. It's nothing. It's just, you got to balance that shit. It's nothing compared to the fact that she's just had a baby, nearly lost her life, ended up in ICU. That's going to have an effect. And really I said it, at the beginning of the season, any of her behavior right. here on out for me is always going to have to be like quantified by the fact that she's just been through the most traumatic thing of her life. So yeah. I just don't understand why Reza cannot put this thing aside to go and speak to, or at least just say, just you and me. Right. I'm going to come have to your house. Have an actual conversation. Ha- have a conversation. Because it blows my mind that nobody's been to visit her in a month. She's had no. a fucking baby. Yeah. And I mean, we might as well just jump right into it. That explosion at the fucking pool party was psychotic from both ends. Like, I don't necessarily, yeah. like, I don't think, I kind of am basing all of this on the fact that I think Allie was the one just lying about all of this. I mean, not about the text. Like, obviously he had the text, but I think he's lying about MJ's involvement. I think he's, like, he's lied to Destiny. I think he's just lying to everybody to make himself relevant. That's, in my heart of hearts, what I think happened. But I don't understand how these two people who've known each other for 30 years can't just fucking calm the fuck down and have a real conversation about the issues and hear each other out. Because, like, the minute they saw each other, it just fucking exploded. The stuff... Reza said to MJ, like, I, I, I can't even come to terms with it. It's so fucked no, up. No, it's unforgivable. And interestingly, when Reza commented on something on our social media, when I was like, Reza, you need to say sorry and give her a cuddle. He was like, just you wait. I'm still thought, waiting, okay. dude. <laughs> I'm like, okay, yeah, exactly. I was like, okay, maybe she's going to be a twat. Now I'm like, really? Because like, if you're, there's no justification for him shouting off a balcony 10 
abortion. No. Like, no. I cannot even begin to explain. Like, even if what he had, even if he'd not turned up to visit me and my baby while I was nearly dying, and that wasn't enough for me to write him off forever. That would be. Holy shit. Like, it was so uncalled for. Like, there is no realm of possibilities of what MJ could have done to elicit that response about, like, losing her uterus. Like, such a traumatic fucking time for her. Like, I don't give a fuck. I mean, she would have had to, like, murder somebody to make that like that be at the same level equal because I think if you really if you really look at like the entire issue was maybe she's talking shit about somebody's relationship maybe you know it kind of hurt your relationship a little bit but you've talked to your partner and everything is fine that's reality yeah you guys are good now's the time for you to move on even if you're like still pissed that's fine be pissed absolutely But turn up to our house see her baby and say this really upset me and give her a just you know what give her the benefit of the fucking doubt give her a minute give her a pass give her a fucking hall pass because she just hoofed a human out and it nearly killed her and i am more on her side now than ever even though i think she behaved badly 100% at the pool party yes i just like for me i can look at her and go i can see why there's fucking emotions are high and you're all that yeah, shit's yeah, going on yeah 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 razor i'm like what the fuck is your excuse what yeah. is your excuse yeah calm down and like have a real think about all this he was able to do it with destiny like they had a really normal chat they talked it through and everything was fine so i don't understand why he can't do the same with MJ after 30 fucking years. Like, that's longer no, than most people have marriages now. And I was mad at Adam for getting involved as well. Like, oh, he's yeah. fanning the flames. Nima, I think, genuinely had a great intention at heart. I think picking the pool party to do it was fucking the worst idea ever. Right, right. Um, I even had kind of respect for Mike in this situation, who totally. was calling Reza out for what he was saying. Yeah. Um, but Gigi is a nasty little bitch right now, and um, and Reza is the same. I'm really, really unhappy with him, and it's going to take... I've always loved him, yeah. but I don't love him right now. And it's going to take a fuck ton for me to get back on, to, on board with Reza. Yeah, I mean, just shouting 10 abortions. Like, I, I can't even go there. Like, it's such no. a hurtful, ridiculous fucking bullshit thing to say. To use an abortion against a woman yeah. is the most disgusting place to go. A hundred percent. It just plays into fucking millennia of, um, sorry, but a friend okay. just tried to call me. No, That's fine. what happened there. <laughs> it just plays into a millennia fucking patriarchy where women's bodies are used against them. And that right. just pisses me off. And yeah. the whole thing was so wrong on so many levels. And Reza, I'm sorry. It's I, I, it's not okay. I'm genuinely Not in the good angry. books, my friend. Not in the good books. No, in the fucking doghouse. Yeah. And this all happened um, at Sarah's house. And we also find out that uh, this is the episode where she kind of reveals that uh, her ex is Arkel. I mean, yeah, but she didn't know anything and it was three years and he was just uh, kind of controlling. But all right. I mean, what's interesting? I don't know where to go with it. What is interesting to me is like the year she says that they're together is like 2014 to 2017. were kind of like the craziest times. Like that's when he started locking girls up and shit. And I get like if she just never saw it. I mean, he 
I'm sure has this massive place and probably this creepy ass fucking dungeon where all these girls were locked up. Fair enough. Like fair <laughs> enough that you didn't see that. <laughs> I mean, uh, you know, <laughs> he's a controlling I mean, he's not manipulator. Putting it in his brochure, no, is he? no, he's it's not, not on his, his CV. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I find I find I it weird that she never saw I, anything weird, but but I do like how she kind of recognized his controlling shit and like I think that feeds into a lot of stuff that we've seen in documentaries and things like that. Like he's just a fucking control freak. And then yeah. nothing was weird I, until she went to a studio and realized he was fucking all the girls in the room. I mean, I think in these kind of instances where somebody is kind of in awe of somebody that, cause I think there's no doubt that R Kelly had this kind of star power. Everybody Absolutely. was very kind of blown over by him. I think that there are times when I have no doubt that she didn't see stuff. Right. But I also believe that there was probably an element of her turning a blind eye to stuff. As totally. Well. Like choosing yeah. not to see stuff. Right. Too. Right. Maybe on a subconscious level, but having watched the documentary, there weren't many people around R. Kelly that didn't know some shit was going on. Absolutely. I mean, you know, not to get on like an R. Kelly rant trail, which, you know, we I guess we can do. But, um, you know, he was such a huge part of a very specific community and so many people were making money off of him. I mean, I think it's a lot like the Michael Jackson situation. I think a lot of people whose livelihoods depended on him turned a blind eye to the crazy fucking bullshit that was going on behind closed doors and dungeons and weird places, whatever. And I think that shit needs to stop. Like, that's not okay. No, I agree. And I think obviously we're talking about R. Kelly in a very post- Harvey Weinstein world, yeah, which you know before that was very much a world where a lot of people turned a blind eye. So we, so I do understand. Oh yeah, where she may be coming from, and it totally. isn't her responsibility to well, necessarily she, call him out on her shit. No. She doesn't like. I'm not holding her responsible, right, right. and I'm not saying that she enabled a child molester. Right. Said, that's well, it's not, not what like I'm she saying. lived with him either. Like, I don't think they shared no. a house. I don't think they cohabitated. So, I mean, I think they're, I do think that it is possible that she didn't see any of the crazy shit, but just knowing his personality, I'm sure there is some kind of Svengali control bullshit that he was like trying to play with oh. her or she was like his normal girlfriend to like hold up and be like, see, I'm normal. Like, don't look over here. Look over here. My normal girlfriend and my normal relationship, you she know, was his beard. But yeah. rather than his yes. beard for being gay, his beard for being a fucking dirty Pedophile. child molester. Yeah. Um, so, I, I mean, I still don't like her. She's, I still refer no. to her as Sarah Snooty Pants. But uh, it is interesting to see where that goes. Yeah. Um, but we'll see how it plays out. I mean, the, I, I feel like this season is going to be explosive, to say the least. Oh, my gosh. I mean, it's been a whirlwind. And we're at what? Episode I mean, we're at episode six now, but still, like, it's been hardcore from the first one. So I'm here for it, man. I'm waiting. I am too. And I'm waiting for Atlanta to get even half of that exciting. And we're like right at the end of the episode. Speaking of which, do you like that professional segue? Look at you go. That's why they give me the big bucks. They don't give me any bucks, but that's fine. Uh, Atlanta. Atlanta. So we're still in Greece. Um, things have been going fairly okay, other than some snide comments and not chatting. But there haven't been any explosive fights at the beginning of this episode. True story. Um, I think 
Nini's starting to earn her paycheck. A little totally. bit too, little too late. But, you know, at least she's here. It's good um, to see her. Like, I, I like her when she's good. Like, if we just want to go ahead and talk about her and Portia having that heart-to-heart talk at the winery was gorgeous. Gorgeous. Like, I am here for two women being vulnerable and open about their actual fucking feelings, sorting the bullshit out and getting to a better place. Like, that was amazing. No, I agree. And I think it was really lovely to see that Nini back because that Nini, even when she's working full time, is rare. Yeah. So to have her so open and vulnerable was really lovely. And I think it's really interesting. I feel like Portia is the Nini whisperer a right. little bit. Like, 100%. There is something about Portia that we could all, like, I feel like if I was with Portia and having a drink, I tell her my deepest, darkest secrets God, too. Yes. And I think Nini feels the, fa- yeah. the same safety. Um, so I'm glad that they did that. I do think that like Portia then being inspired to go and make everybody put their shit on the table publicly. I think Kenya made a really good point. Like, yeah. okay, so you and Nini went off privately to sort your shit out, but now you're demanding that publicly right. we do all our shit. I feel like Portia maybe mishandled that a little bit, but yeah. God love her. She was trying to do the right thing. God loves a trier. I also, we did a story about it and Tanya actually put it onto her stories, which is fabulous. And she redid the the questions. Um, I think that was a drunken like epiphany, like, oh, hey, we're all doing great. We're hammered. Let's make everybody like talk about it. And then they just kind of ran with it. And I think it's just one of those great ideas when you're drunk. Ne- it never comes off the right way. And you kind of feel like a dick for it afterwards. But no, and I get that. And obviously, I think any, any kind of deep conversation about serious shit with these girls when they've had a drink, especially yeah. Nini and Kenya, that shit's going to kick off. Yeah. I mean, it got so ugly. And this, like, so we see, like, this lovely side to Nini, this very, like, heartfelt, open, vulnerable woman. And then we see her at this party <laughs> fucking screaming her ass off at Kenya, talking about, like, this is why your husband left you, you're bipolar, like, all this just crazy fucking shit. And it's just like, oh, Nini. But at least you're here. <laughs> I mean, yes, at least you're here. I mean, the thing with Nini is that you can see in her eyes when she's got, like, she's gone. Yeah. There is no bringing her back from that. She's now, there comes a point where she is going to say every last nasty thing she can pull out of the deepest, darkest depths of inside her. Yeah. And she's going to fucking say it. And there's no stopping her. And it's a stream of consciousness. And that's where she got to. Yeah. And I get it because Kenya is... A dick. Infuriating. (laughs) But there is something still likable about Nini, and I'm still struggling to find that with Kenya. Yeah, I mean, I I have never, through the entire kind of life of The Real Housewives of Atlanta, I've never really connected to Kenya. I don't know why it is. I'm just hot and cold with her. No, you know what? I think I do know what it is. Like, the way she talks to Cynthia, who's supposedly, like, one of her really good friends, and she's throwing, throwing all the shade at her about the winery business and all this bullshit and then talks about it like it's a joke and it's like it's obviously not a joke you're hurting her feelings you're being an asshole and I don't connect to people who don't see the difference between joking and being an asshole it's a very clear line I agree this passive aggressive way of just going oh but I was just joking it's like no everybody else around that table it felt uncomfortable to watch we it was not a way that any friend should be no. treating another friend 
And I don't know whether, well, I think I do know. I think Cynthia just genuinely wants to keep the peace. Right. And maybe her tolerance is higher and maybe she's giving Kenya extra room because of the shit that she's going through. Because let's not forget her husband literally just left her. Um, but this isn't just behavior that Kenya displays when her husband's left her. This is Ke- this is like tried and tested yes. Kenya's MO of just being a cunt passively aggressively to people that she really supposedly is friends with. And that's not okay. No, it, well, and she's picking on Cynthia, but she's not going for Nini. And like my thing in, no. like as a teacher, like I never picked on like the quiet kids who did wrong. Like I went after like the big fish in the classroom because that's what you do. Like if you really want to like keep the peace or whatever, you go for the big one and everybody else kind of falls in line. And if if Kenya was just angry about like this divorce and all this, then I could understand her going for Nini. Like Nini's done a whole lot of shit to her. She's done a lot of shit to Nini. Like go for Nini. You don't fucking go for Cynthia. This girl who's had your back for fucking ages. You're an asshole. Yeah. Doesn't matter if you're getting divorced. You're being an asshole. And I'm also tired of the, she's unhappy. She has to make everybody else unhappy argument. Like enough is enough. Stop being a twat. Like just stop it. It's you're being a tosser and it's not okay. Yeah. Um, Well, and I liked that that ruins party. Um, how Kenya didn't really apologize to Tanya, but just thanked her for being compassionate. And I was like, you could fucking say you're sorry. Just saying. And then, but then demanded an apology from Tanya. Absolutely. And and this is what I I don't like about her. Like she's unable to step up when she's wrong. She's unable to confront people who have actually done her wrong. IE like Mark and Nini. She picks on people who are nice, like who generally are nice to her. And it's gross. I'm done. She's toxic. Yep. She is. She's toxic. We are done with Kenya. Um, yeah, I, I, I'm on the same page. I find her tiresome now to watch. That's how just I feel. Old. Like, just old. Like, grow up. Just old. Change. Grow up. It's, grow. There's nothing fucking uglier than a grown-ass woman acting like a little bitch. And that's what yes. she's doing. And Agreed. it's not okay. Nope. Um, I think that's it for Atlanta, isn't it? Yep, that's a mic drop on Atlanta. That's a perfect way to go out. Let's move on to family yep. karma. Yes, now I have to switch through because I fucked up what order I watched stuff in. <laughs> Got it, I'm in the right place. Um, I am still loving this show. Like, I have very, very high hopes for this because yes. a, a little bit like Shards of Sunset, I feel like it's coming hot. It 100% has. We've gotten like two new characters in the second episode. We've got um, Bali and Sean who, Bali gives me life. I think she's incredible. Should we start with Bali? Yeah, let's do it. What do you want to say? Um, <laughs> well, I just want to say I, I'm on board with you. I, yeah. think she's, I think she's ace. I love that she has obviously gone from having a button that she can push so that minions come and give her an like, arm a soft on her arm, yeah. like her arm stroke, to like wearing such shit shoes that they both fall apart at the same dinner and working for a fresh flower company. Like, but still does it with a fucking smile on her 100%. face. 100%. Also, just not to dominate, yeah. but the fact that I feel like I, I felt like she was kind of my spirit animal because she's doing that thing where she says things and then goes, oh, fuck, don't write that. Like, that woman who fu- fucking burnt the bra, like, I'm over her. Yeah. And then she's like, oh, don't, don't say that. Like, this is me. I'm like, I'm the person that speaks first and then thinks later. Right. And I loved her for that. I love how we're actually seeing a lot of production in this show. Like... We see the people kind of yeah. interacting, like the filming crew and the producers interacting with them, because I think it's just bringing something 
fun to the table. I love that. I love that she's like foot and mouth. I mean, I probably love her because I love you and, you know, that makes sense. But um, I like the way <laughs> that, you know, she's kind of a different a different beast in this group. Like she's been married and divorced twice. She's a single mom. She's the age of the moms, but hangs with the kids. Like she's just kind of in this like weird middle zone. There's like nobody else in this zone with her. And I think it's fascinating. I love how at the pumpkin patch, she refuses to wear flannel. Like, no, that's stupid. I'm not going to do that. <laughs> and I love that. Anisha's like, no, you wouldn't see any of the other aunties at the pumpkin patch, but she, but Barley's there. And Barley's like, uh-huh, never call me for the pumpkin patch. <laughs> Always like, like, there's a reason. Yes, queen. Right. No, I love you her. You know, it's a little bit like the very Cavallari, you know, like w- we love it because we can relate a little bit. With Bali, I can yes. relate to her. She's kind of our age. I mean, we haven't been divorced, but no. we, we've been through the yes. mill a few times. Absolutely. That's what I love about her. Yeah. And then we also have uh, Sean Patel, who comes from a really, really wealthy family within the group. <laughs> um <laughs> But those I'm statues because of the statues. <laughs> oh my god. They are the creepiest things I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> and I love how other people think oh that god. too. Like when the moms are talking like, no way, I'd hate to have those statues in my house. They'd be so scary. <laughs> it's not even like <laughs> it's not even like they're like sculpt like stone sculptures or statue like busts or so it's like they're literally out of disney like if disney world made statues of you that's the that's the statues that they'd have they're like toy statues but i feel like they're even worse than that they're like if you went to paint a pot and found a human like (laughs) a human (laughs) and you painted them that's what they would look like It's, I mean, they have a fucking compound. The whole fucking family. Do you know what it is? It's too much fucking money. Yeah. That's what those statues are an example of. Absolutely. When people have too much money, that's that's the line. If you walk into somebody's house and there are statues of themselves, then it's too much. Yeah. Enough. Regardless of the quality of those statues. You just need to demand that they hand a significant portion of their money over to charity. Right. Rather than spend it on fucking statues. Yes. Like, I think that's the point. Right? I mean, if you've got enough money to buy shit statues, you've got enough money to like feed a family. What I think is crazy about them is they're not even like all together in a place. I feel like they're all kind of stashed <laughs> in like weird places in the house to like scare people. <laughs> yeah, like you walk through joy, you're like, thank God you oh, we got another one. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and actually oh, that kind of makes me want me. them in my house like if you could just like make these little statues and weird little niches but <laughs> oh my god this is a total segue but I'm gonna have to say I went to school with a friend who um was mega mega wealthy and her dad they had this big like estate in North Yorkshire and one of the houses he built just for fun because he had a shit ton of money and yeah just- thought it would be great and it was like this weird house where you had to go through a maze to get to it and then you walked in and you had to like look up and while you were looking up the floor moved so you didn't know which door you'd come in out of and then you went to sit on a loo and one of the like the statue next to you moved like and just did it for fun it reminds me of that it's like you just have too much money holy shit too much fucking money when we go off air you're gonna have to tell me who that is um i think i probably know but um anyways Uh yeah 
That's crazy. Anyway, I mean, it sounds I know, fun. It's like if you it's have actually, that much money, you know what? have fun with it. Shit. You can't take it with you. And they did open it up as like an attraction. So you can go in North Yorkshire. No and way. I would say like, I'd sound, I sound like I'm slagging it off. Like I'm not slagging it off. We, it no. was wonderful. But it was like, a, it was a pure passion project. Yeah, like you yeah. had enough money to just say, fuck it, I'm going to build this thing. And then he did open it up to the public. But we used to have the most amazing parties there when it was shut. Like, he used to give it to us. Yeah. It was fucking mental. Can you stay there? And Is it like a and b I don't think you can stay, but like, I'd you like walk to around and do... The, yeah. I think you can... Maybe there's a house that you can hire. All right. Let me tell you, like, not that we were doing weed and a shit ton of other shit but if God, you had no, been doing the 90s. that it would have been mental <laughs> would have been mental but but i wasn't doing that of course not time. all right sorry uh, for anyway. the uh, derailment there but um that's sean patel <laughs> that, that's sean patel who uh who went out on a date with monica apparently once and their yeah. aunties turned up outside the window oh my god how hilarious like this is what i love about the show like the family dynamics are fucking incredible the extended family dynamics are amazing and i just love it that's all i can say do you know what i think that's why this show works i think that's why kardashians works and i think that's why atlanta's not working this because there's no real investment between them as real friends i don't really look at them and go they hang out when you're off when you're off season you're really friends. Like, I think that's the downside. But this one, with all these families and all these amazing women and mothers, it's just genius. It it really is. So those are the two people who have joined. I think the main thing in this episode is kind of the fallout from the Diwali gala. Um, Yeah. We see Mike being terrified by Lopa, which... I don't know. Did you, you mention that last week? I don't think I saw that part last week, but I saw it this week and it was just crazy. Um, yeah. He was like, this is not okay. Yeah. But the throwback is that Mike's no Anisha's mom told Vishal's mom, Rishma, what Lopa said about Vishal. So now Vishal is not talking to Anisha. Well, and I also get the impression that uh, Anisha's, m- uh, sorry, that Vishal's mom is not talking, re- wasn't really talking to Anisha's mom until they met up and had dinner. So right. it was this weird thing where we had the gala, we heard all the shit that Lopa was saying, and then nothing for a week, except that in the meantime, Vishal's mom had heard what had been said and now Vishal and her and his mom weren't really talking to the right. messengers. It was a, a, essentially a case yeah. of shooting the messenger. Right. And at, even by the end of this episode, Vishal still wasn't talking to Anisha and I don't really understand why. I don't either because, I mean, literally last episode, he called her every five minutes. To go from that I know. to just nothing is so crazy and I understand he doesn't like confrontation. I think we've got that read on him pretty well, but um, (laughs) like you have to talk about things with your friends. You can't just ghost your friends. I mean, there's part of me that's like, Lopa's not wrong. Like there's part of me that's like, Lopa's not wrong. He is fucking wet. Yeah. And all he needs to do, and I think all Lopa needs him to do is to fucking stand up to her and go, Lopa, do you know what? I love your daughter. I might not be the man that you envisaged her to be with, right. but this is the man that she's got. So you know what? Get on board or fuck off. Right. No, I 100% agree with you. I think Lopa wants him to be strong because I don't think he's stupid. Like, I don't agree with her that he's a moron. Like, he's not a moron. No. But I do think you're right. He's wet and he needs to kind of 
balls up to her and be like, no, this is going down. We're having this engagement party. You're getting on board. I love this woman. That's the way it's going to be. And then I think everything would be fine. But yeah. And I also think the mums aren't helping as well. No. Like Lopa's kind of a box of fucking frogs. Like we yeah. know that. But Vishal's mum is actually pretty smart, really straight on. And I think in this culture, it's her responsibility to approach Lopa, sit her down for like a woman to woman talk, say, do you know what? I'm sorry if you didn't feel included. Right. I felt hurt by what you said about my son, but I appreciate that for the sake of the kids, I think you and I need to get past our differences. So do you think that'll happen? Is that a prediction for the future Uh, family karma? I mean, like if we lived in like opposite land, (laughs) maybe, but actually what I think is... Vishal's mum's going to fucking double down on her. Yeah. It's not my fucking problem. And it's not going to be great. But, I mean, she's already refused, as we see, to talk about Lopa in interviews anyway. So yeah, yeah. I, I, you know, I can't see this going um, well. But interestingly, Rich has said, if my mum is genuinely not okay with this, right. then I won't marry him. Yeah, I mean, Vishal needs to balls up and just give Lopa a call or fly out or, you know, even better, like fly out to Memphis and set her down. Be like, this is what needs to happen. Also, is it just me? He does have one of those faces that's a bit gormless. Yes. He does kind of have one of those like yeah. <laughs> cartoon daft faces. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, totally. Dude, do yourself a favor. Yeah. Just fucking man up a little bit. Right. And Be serious. Man up. Like this is engagement. It's a wedding. Like, come on. Because I feel like yeah. he really does want it to move forward. He wants to plan this, you know, very traditional engagement ceremony, but he's got to get everybody on board first. So I think we'll see we'll see it play out somehow. Um, within this season, but we'll see how it goes. Um, and then finally, before we leave Family Karma, there's a little bit of a frisson between uh, Monica and Brian, which appears to be a classic case of star-crossed lovers. A hundred percent, because Monica, like now Brian is kind of falling for Monica. So he's asking her about all this. And we as viewers think, oh, great. Like they're going to come together. Then Monica's like, no, I told him like a couple years ago that I liked him and he fucking bolted and ran the other way. Let's not get this twisted. And I really kind of respect Monica for just being like, no, like we've done this before. What's going to be different? So we'll see. And also, I love that he is shocked that she is almost like holding his like player boy status against him. He's like, well, so how I act is like kind of informing your decision on this. She's like, (laughs) shockingly, yes. The fact that you go and shag loads of other girls. Right. Kind of an issue. Forgive me if I don't take this kind of proclamation of love seriously. Absolutely. Good for her. He's like that. What? (laughs) I really like Monica. Um, I I loved again, like seeing her and her dad at lunch and how he doesn't feel like he's ready to date yet. Even the divorce has been ages ago. Um, and he feels like he ruined her life. He's just the sweetest. Um, he, he really is the sweetest. I do like him. And if he doesn't find love by the end of this season, I'll be sad. A hundred percent. All right. And then over to Vanderpump Rules, where we finally get the wedding we've all been waiting for. Right. But first we've got to talk about Below Deck. Oh, oh, fuck. <laughs> it's because I got the fucking... Fuck, 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 fuck. Okay. But that was a brilliant intro, and we should just it cut and It was such a good segue as well. It really was. I know. Um, Ruined. Lost. All right. So we're still with the sexist, crazy, drunker Long Island boys called the Naughty Boys uh, on the boat. I mean, listen, I think the, the less said about these twats, the better... 
Um, the fact that when the girls finally get taken off the boat, like Captain Glenn kind of comes out and gently right. coaxes them into leaving. And the girl, the guys are like, what, the bitch is left? I mean, yeah. Oh, that's just, it's I just mean, one I expected nothing more, honestly. Like, no. after I mean, last I episode, I, I expect nothing redeeming about any of these dudes. They're super dicks. They don't go to bed until 4 a.m. Then everybody still has to, like, stay and clean up shit. Like, Madison is yeah. wrecked. Madison is She's wrecked. on her fucking knees. And to be honest, these guys are off the scale awful. And yeah. the fact that Madison and Parker both lose their rag the next day is not unusual to me. No. Like, of course they're going to be short on patience. They've had The no charter sleep. broke them. They f- that This charter broke them. They feel yeah. underappreciated. They feel like nobody gives a shit. And I have to say, yet again, I'm disappointed with Jenna. Madison's like asking her to basically say, just recognize that what I'm doing is okay. And Jenna actually says at one point, yeah, I don't have time to say good job, Madison, every day. Well, what the fuck else are you doing? But, and also, yes, you do. Like, you do have time. Well, she said it. She says it to Georgia. She says it to Georgia in the episode. Like, thanks, Georgia, you're doing a great job. And she also has time to hang out in the fucking galley with Adam all day. So she has time to recognize. And this is the thing that Jenna, I feel, doesn't get about being a leader. It's not enough to go, well, they shouldn't be in this business if they don't know how they do it. Like, everybody's green at some point. Right. But the biggest thing about being a leader is actually being kind of a mum or a parent. Yeah. And just being able to say, great job. Absolutely. Because that's all it actually is takes yeah well done you guys didn't kill each other today i say that on the regs definitely yeah guys you didn't fuck up today great well done. job just do that yeah. i mean it's not hard <laughs> no. and you do have time to do it stop being a dick yeah um and and she so, needs it and you know she needs it like uh, i think later on jenna says you know she really should have woken me woken me up she shouldn't have done all that by herself then you need to fucking tell her that be like madison you were a rock star last night if anything remotely like that happens again you come and get me like that's my job yeah obviously you need to be clearer about it you give her kudos for it and then tell her what she needs to do just insane. And the only reason Madison didn't wake you up or wake Adam up the night before, which, by the way, he should have said the same thing to her, always yeah. wake me up if they want food. Absolutely. Is because she is because she's trying to do the very best right. fucking job that she can do. And, and she's tired, she's exhausted, she feels like she's getting zero recognition, and it is not surprising to me that she is losing her shit. No. Same and with I feel, Parker. I was just about to say that. I feel Parker's in the exact same boat and, you know, he's fed up. Adam talks shit about him about not making his bed without even asking, like even just giving him a heads up, like, hey dude, could you make, can you make your bed? It's all it would have taken. Yeah. yeah. I mean, he's not wrong. He should be making his fucking yeah. bed. But all it needs is a, just to pull aside and go, dude, listen, I know you're not, I know you're kind of new to the yeah. thing you got to make your bed. That's what it is. Don't go off and fucking make a big deal out of it and no. spread the word amongst everybody else and make Parker feel like shit. Well, this is where I think the toxicity is kind of starting to develop, this, like, kitchen toxicity bullshit. Like, Jenna and Adam are just talking shit about everybody to each other and then also, like, flirting and kissing, which I'm fine with that. I'm fine with the PDA. It's the bullshit. Like, it's the talking shit about people. When you think nobody hears you, even though, like, in my understanding, like, the galley's, you know, right there in the middle of the mix 
so everybody can hear you. I know. Don't do that. If you're going to do the PDA, that's fine. I'm with you. But yeah. like, if they were nice people, we'd all be going, I'm so pleased they're yeah. getting together and they're such a lovely couple. And we're not saying that because they're acting like twats mm-hmm. and they're being unkind. And Adam is unkind to Madison going, yeah. what do you want? Like a well done? Like You want a cookie? That's not what's going to happen. Such a dick yeah, saying. You want a cookie? Yeah. Fuck off. Stop right. being such a manipulative twat absolutely she deserves a fucking cookie she deserves a packet of cookies she deserves a fucking cake yeah make her a cake make her a cake make her a fucking cake with candles and four tears and whipped cream and shut the fuck up yeah um i love how captain glenn comes out later on and actually imposes a curfew on the guests so that they don't have like a replay of the night before he does it in such a badass calm way like totally surprised me he's got like this quiet ballsiness to him that I feel like this is the first time we've seen it I hope to see more of it I quite like that Captain Glenn I do too and I think as well you get a lot of gravitas with age right so yeah I think there comes a point where he knows that only he can say that only he can make that decision and I am liking him more and more like I do think we're going to see a slightly feisty edge to him when we need to right um but I'm quite liking his Zen approach to the whole boat management shit. Yeah, I mean, I think it could. I, I think it could be a little tighter. Like Paget could be better. Jenna could be better. Um, Adam could definitely just be a nicer human being. But um, yeah, I think we'll see. I One, mean, Jenna gets kind of her comeuppance in this. Uh, Yes. Yes, she does. Um, Jenna has a chat to Adam about going to a hotel and he kind of shoots her down, which I'll have to say in in like a very like weird way too. like I did not like the way that went down. It wasn't just like, no, you know what? I I just want to kind of get to know you a little bit better. It wasn't in like a normal way. It was like a gaslighting way. Like, I don't know what you're talking about. We're not there yet. And it's like, what the fuck? Like you're rubbing up on her like every chance you get. You're being an asshole. He is being an asshole. And I think this has damaged Adam. And I think we've seen it in seasons before. He's not great at intimacy. He's not great at being vulnerable. He's someone who's really fucking broken him. Yeah. And I agree. It was very much a gaslighting thing. And I think I wrote down something along the lines of, it's okay for him to not want to sleep with her. Absolutely. he's not talking to her about it. He's not saying, look, this is how I'm feeling. He's just making her like feel like he doesn't want to sleep with her and that's a shit position to be in if you really like a guy and all the other signs are like kisses and cuddles and holds and like in jokes right but he makes you feel like shit for wanting to sleep with him yeah not cool it's not cool and you know and i don't think adam's a bad guy i think he's damaged yeah but she i i do feel like she needs to she's not the girl to change him and she's not the girl to deal with it and i think that needs to stop right now. well it kind of broke my heart because like she was being very open about how she's not a vulnerable person with people and it takes a lot for her to put herself out there and she did with him and like this is the way he treats her i think is really shitty my heart broke a little bit for jenna during that whole time because it's just a shit situation and no, and I agree. And I think it's always down to the communication. And yeah. I think that Adam really made her feel like shit and uh, and, and kind of a slut. Like, yeah, well, you know, it was that kind of thing. Like, right. It's, it's a little slut shady there. Yeah. 
No, yeah, she's it was not. a little bit. And it's like, yeah. But she just fucking fancies you, and you're telling her that you fancy her, and she just wants to fucking get her rocks off. That doesn't right. make her a mentalist. No. Um, and all the so signs are there. Like, you have been putting out, like, yeah. all the signs are there. You don't want to sleep with her, fine. There's 100% a better way to handle it than what you just did. Yeah, I agree. And I think we'll see how it goes. It looks like in the previews that she's strong enough to kind of say, do you know what? I'm not. I'm not Fuck here it. for this and walk yeah. away. I hope she does. Me too. Um, but we'll see. Anyway, the good news is they made 2,200 bucks each from that I know. Charter, the douchebags left a 20 deserved. grand tip. They were actually really good tippers, which they should be because they fucked that boat up. Probably should they have really been did. more. <laughs> and I was wrong. I did think they were going to be cheap ass, but they weren't. And uh, correction corner, I was wrong. They're great tippers. I don't think you were the only an, one that thought that. Yeah. I definitely no. I did think it not was something like eighty-seven percent actually. Yeah, but yeah. that's fine. All right. Um, Can you re- remember your intro? Is it now time for Vanda? <laughs> no, I can't. Okay. <laughs> it was it was a one-time thing, yeah. and we fucked it. If you want to well, listen to it, it so. go back about five minutes. You can hear the intro to Vanderpump Rules, and now we can discuss. <laughs> it's really good. It is. Um. So the fucking wedding. The Finally fucking here. wedding. How the fucking you, Lula, Lula, la, la. Sorry. Um, and you've not even been drinking. No, I haven't. But I've been in a house for five days with my children. So there you go. I feel you. I've I've been drinking. <laughs> just to, just to, in case you were wondering. Um, um, I thought the wedding was really quite sweet, actually. I, I got a bit teary watching it. I know it's been the longest drawn out wedding of all time, but it's been nice to actually see it come together and see actually how much these two people care about each other. Because I honestly, in my heart of hearts, believe that they do. I, I agree. I have to be honest. I, I thought this was a really beautiful wedding and I sobbed like a baby. Like, I'm not afraid to admit, like, I was really choked up because I do think this is a case of right girl, right boy, right time. Yeah. And she changed him. She did. She was the one that locked him down. The sweet, kind girl from Kentucky did it. And I think as well, she didn't just lock him down. I actually think she's kind of the glue that holds a lot of the friends oh, together God, yes. too. Because she's the one that doesn't get divided. She doesn't pick a side. She's always the sweetheart. And I think having, it took a girl like Brittany, a yeah. purely good Christian girl to make Jax realize that that was what he needed in life. Absolutely. I mean, I also think it was the death of his dad. I think her being loyal to him and really helping him through that made him realize, fuck, I can't fuck this up. If I fuck this yeah. up, I'm, there There are no girls for me. I'm going to be like divorced a million times just being an asshole for the rest of my life. And I think it just... And kudos to him for recognizing yeah. that, Absolutely. Right? Yeah, because uh, definitely um, people don't. No, and I think he... I felt for him to not have his, like, obviously yeah. to not have his dad there. Or his mom. But also for his fucking mom not to yeah. turn up. Like, I don't, I've got to be honest. I don't know what went down between the two of them, but she's his mom. Yeah. And his dad is dead. So you know what? On his wedding day. You be You there. fucking play the mom. You step up. You say what you need to say to make it okay. And, you, and, you, and you're there for your son. And, it, and I felt really bad for him that... That didn't happen. I agree. And I mean, I think that's why Lisa coming to the wedding was so emotional for him was because she's like the next strongest woman that he knows, right? The most constant in his life. And I, I can't even imagine being married without like without your, you know, your living parent being there. It's pretty fucked up. I, 
I mean, how fucked up do you have to be as a mum to let an argument? And I right. don't know what happened, but I can't imagine what it was that would get in the way of you not turning up to his wedding. No, I feel like there was something... Like, he got mad at her because she never told him how serious his dad's health stuff was. So he got pissed off that he, like, missed being there when he died or is something along those lines. Like, she didn't... I Like, I could understand... I remember when I read it, I could understand where she was coming from. Like, she didn't want to worry him, but it was really yeah. serious. But then he got really fucked off and was like, it was really serious. You should have told me that's my dad. But I feel like that's the actual argument. Right, done. Yeah, move on. And Show up for now, your son. So, right. So you pull together. Yeah. Um, I don't know. It is what it is. I did feel for him. I'm delighted, like you say, that Lisa was there for him. Um, and, you know, I still don't love Tom Sandoval post being given Tom Tom, but yeah. he really stepped up as best man. Um, bringing uh, the vodka in. And I was with Jax on that. A hundred percent. I would be living. The one thing I, the one thing I've always said about a wedding, if you have the means, like for me, whatever your budget is for a wedding, fucking forego what you need to forego so that people can have free drinks. Like if you Absolutely. can't afford the flowers, Fine. they don't give a shit. They need free drinks. Yeah. And he spent a fuck ton of money on this wedding. Yes. And for them to be charging the guests when there's 60 bottles of vodka, but like no. I'd have been fuming. Yeah. And I like that Sandoval stepped in and was like handling that as well. He did an excellent job as best man. Thank God he brought the tampons. Somebody had to use them. I know. And also, by the way, can you imagine if Lance Bass hadn't been officiating that wedding? Like, what a great choice that was. Why yeah. didn't they go, let's have him from the start? Yeah, he's pretty brilliant. He did, a, he did so an excellent good. job. I loved him dancing with Tom Sandoval at like the after party to the wedding. So fucking hilarious. That was like Tom Sandoval living his best Best life. life. Absolutely. Bless his cotton socks. Um, So we're glad that we're all, that they're all married and happy. Yes. Uh, It looked beautiful. Hopefully they don't get any late charges on the rooms. Oh yes. That was a big deal. (laughs) God, give a guy a hundred, give a guy a fucking salary and he doesn't want to spend any of it. Um, but during the wedding, we also got a little bit more insight into Kristen and Carter. And for me this season, it feels like this is literally the first time I've heard Carter speak. So that was interesting. Yeah. I mean, fuck me. Could two people be more unhappy in a relationship? It's it's so dark. And I never, ever thought I would say this, but he outcrazies Kristen. Like Kristen looks like the sane one in, yeah. this, in this partnership. He is off the scale scary terrifyingly fucked up yeah they need to cut ties and just go on with their separate lives i think they would be a lot happier i mean i can't um, just from everything we've seen like i can't imagine like what are the redeeming qualities to keep these people in each other's lives because i've never seen them i don't think anybody else has and i think that's where everybody's at like can you two just end it it's terrible yeah and it's not nice you look so fucking sad you do not look yeah. happy when you're together. You're both miserable. Say no, goodbye. It's a very it's a very weird vibe. And I feel like um I wonder if this is the relationship that Kristen needs to have right. to kind of move her on. Because I feel like she's always been the crazy one. She's always been the one that couldn't let go. And I wonder if now she just needs this relationship where it's Carter that can't let go so that she can kind of maybe turn into a more lovable soul, a less needy kind of 
insecure soul maybe I don't know but the universe has a weird way of working and if this is what it takes then maybe that's what it takes but Carter I mean he he kind of physically weirds me out as well his beard is weird he's got like this weird top lip teeth situation going on I just he showed up super early to the wedding without being invited to the super early stuff and just and and like took a seat that wasn't his and and just all gross he makes my skin (laughs) crawl I feel sorry for Kristen I never thought I'd say yeah uh, we also um, see Dana kind of do a bit of a 180 on her decision to break up with Max. And we see her kind of go and apologize to him that she made a rush call based on the name of the restaurant. She thought it was this romantic restaurant. It was just a salad place. I <laughs> that mean, happens. I don't think the restaurant really has much to do with it. No. I mean, I think she just decided she really liked him and it was okay that he might have had a transgression essentially is yeah, what I think happened. I, so but, I got confused because this episode, when she was talking about it, she was talking about it as if it had happened before they were exclusive. Yeah. I mean, I guess so because they'd only been exclusive for like three days by the time the argument happened. Right. So unless he was really busy. Like, I guess it was before that. So part of me is like, um, yeah, like it was before you guys were kind of exclusive. It did feel a little in the last episode like she just went from like zero to done yeah. without any kind of discussion. Right. And at the time I was like, okay, well, it's refreshing to see somebody who's not taking any bullshit. Yeah. But then maybe on reflection, he's not Jax. Right. And he, you know, I mean, he's kind of Jax-ish, but he's not Jax. He's Jax and- light. He's diet jacks. And she's fucked. Basically, she's fucked it. Because yeah. he's like, do you know what? No. It just doesn't feel great. And I mean, I kind of understand where he's coming from. Like, I wouldn't want to continue to date. I mean, I don't think I want to continue to date somebody who A, is so easily swayed by people talking shit and not willing to hear me out or believe me. I mean, I don't know, Dana. No, I'm I'm with you. I think she made a mistake, but we'll see. Also, just before we leave it, can we just talk about Sheena snogging the, like, the gentlest giant groomsman in the whole wide like he was so fucking tall it was ridiculous i combed the internet for a picture <laughs> of that kiss i should have just taken it like because i can take them from the show when i watch it on my phone and i should have done that because you know what she knows right she was living the best bridesmaid life she was there yes! to have fun she got to make out she had a blast she looked great like sheena is who you need to be as a bridesmaid not fucking Kristen. Kristen no. should have been living Sheena's life. You need if you're a single bridesmaid, you're snogging a single groomsman. You are not outside talking to your ex-boyfriend of four years, who, by the way, you should have dumped like three years ago. That's not yeah. what you're doing. Who no. nobody wants there at the wedding anyway. No. That's not where you should be spending your time. No, you should be making out with the tall drink of water, the tall Kentucky sized glass of water standing by the bar. He was tall. He was like, huge. Really, I mean, she's also really quite tall. short, so it's probably a bit of a but thing. he was like Andre he was the massive. Giant tall. He was like bending halfway like, over to make out with her. It's like I know, it was like hinging. a yoga move for him. It was ridiculous. It was like Pilates. It was ridiculous. Well, I think he uh, thinks she's a good kisser. So maybe, uh, I mean, what's his name is wrong? Brent. I maybe love, Brent is wrong. I just look back fondly on those days of being single bridesmaids. Single at weddings. The Do best. You know single at weddings where you were just looking your hottest and... You were skinny because you hadn't had any kids and you could drink without like killing yourself for four days Yeah, and just kiss whoever you wanted to kiss. Those were good times, man. Good times. Oh God, those were the damn days. <laughs> um, anyway, moving on. 
But last, but certainly not least, it's very Cavallari, and it was the season finale. And we finally and see Justin. We finally see yes to Scoot. Finally, it's about goddamn and I have time. To say, I'm sad to see this show go. Me too. There's something just super wholesome and lovely about it that I... It's like a nice antidote to the fucking craziness yeah. of every other reality TV show. I kind of like that it's... It, like, it comes on on Thursday nights, so it's the last show that we watch before doing the podcast. It's like a palate cleanser, really. It it's is. like we get it off this, like, me. lovely... Just nice people show, and then we get to talk about all the craziness the next day. Where they have their own chicken and duck eggs. Yeah. And, you know, they all just love each other, and people cry with true joy and love in their hearts when other people propose to each other. It's just truly... Yeah. The, it's like a little touch of Christmas every Absolutely. Week. I mean, they don't tell each other that the engagement's going to happen like we saw in Atlanta. This is how friends treat an engagement. Like the serious, yeah. joyous occasion that it should be. I love that Justin did it at home and that he really thought about Scoot instead of himself for the whole thing. I thought that was lovely. I did too. And I think as well, it made a lot of sense about why he didn't do it in Italy. He was like, it wasn't our trip and it wasn't our thing. And mm -hmm. I wanted our proposal to be our thing. And I wanted his family to be there. And I'm like, oh, you weren't just being a selfish prick in Italy. He kind of you was. Were but... just like, I mean, he kind of was <laughs> yeah, yeah. a bit of a dick. But he like, knew he wasn't going to be proposing, so he just got yeah, hammered. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. You didn't propose because of really good reasons. Right. So... I loved it, and I loved I loved that they couldn't fucking be quiet in the garage. I know. Like, just for the, they're all like scraping their chairs and oh hey, how are you? You're right. It's like just do it the, and they're all just, just, just like the looking at up? the garage going, for the love of God, just shut the fuck up. It's really raining it's right now. It's supposed to be isn't a it? surprise. <laughs> um. But yeah, they were just them watching it. And I'm sure you were saying, oh, I love Jay's commentary. And I had to say to you, I honestly don't know what you said because my kids at the time were screaming for like fucking another snack. Yeah. But what it, was he saying? It was hilarious. He was just like, you can tell he's trying to find the right time to like slide it in there, but there's not like an <laughs> opening. Like he was just kind of commentating on the whole thing. Like, Ooh, Justin's getting more nervous. And it was, it was really like funny. It was almost like a pundit on an NFL Absolutely. game. And you see coming from the salmon yeah. and you know, all of that. Oh, yeah. bless it. So it was lovely. Um, you can tell that just everybody is super happy and I, I love it. It's, Amazing, uh, and he cry and Scoot keeps crying when they they just keep. Oh, and like was, ugly was, cry too, like turns all red, yeah. like not like the nice like delicate tears. It's like <gasps> here's it's real my crying. question about this though: How instrumental do you think production are in like the when? Like, do you think that Justin? Do you think he was going to propose like? at the beginning and they said you know what could you hold it off until the end of the season or do you think he was like I don't know if I want to propose and they're like it would be great if you could propose by like the finale well it's not like it's shot in like consequential order so he could have I mean we don't really know like what day he was engaged to because they could have shot that right at the be you know what I'm saying I mean like, it would yeah. have had to be after Italy just for that to actually make sense between two people but it didn't necessarily have to be like the last one. Do you know what I'm saying? Like 
that wasn't just their like last day of shooting that he decided to do that. It could have no. been shot earlier and cut in. Yeah, I, I hear it. I think my gut is that it did happen in that order, but yeah. I, I'm always interested in how much sway production has on like when stuff happens. So if you're you know? listening out there and you happen to be in production for any reality show, mainly based on like Bravo or E, we'd love to hear that from you. Like how much control do you guys have over kind of how the story lays out? Like, I don't think these shows are necessarily scripted, but I think things are planned. Um, yeah. So because you have to, because it has to be a story. So anyways, it'd be interesting. I could also see Justin being totally fine with that. Like, yeah, it's totally fine. Like we'll wait, you know, let's make that the finale. That'd be incredible. But then the other question is, you know, how Scoot's getting really upset and really unsettled because he hasn't already done it. And in real life, if there was no reality TV show, maybe he would have already done it. But he's like, fuck, now I have to wait and hold right? out the fucking finale. <laughs> Uh-oh, production. I mean, you could have caused know, all right? that bullshit. <laughs> we'll anyway, see. as Reagan says, let us know. Um, so obviously they're engaged. I'm excited. I think next season, the wedding is obviously going to be the big thing. Yeah. But is maybe. Brittany going to be a part of next season? You know, I could see her not being. I kind of lean towards, I think she will go. Um, but I don't know. Like, I just want her to straighten her shit out. Like, she's starting to get a bit much for me. It's like, okay, like, I know these have all been, and this may be my heart of stone thing that comes into play, though I totally cried at the engagement. Um, like she's spiral spiraling out. She's texting John again. It's just like, oh, come on. Like, make a fucking decision, stick to it, and like move. I don't know. Do you know what? I'm it's frustrated. Funny. I had the opposite reaction. Like, I was like, I finally now feel like she's acting like a person yeah. that has just come out of a four or five year relationship. Like, of course you're gonna spiral, of course you're gonna reassess right. all your life choices, of course you're gonna start questioning the decisions that you've made. Um I still find her irritating. Yeah. Like, I don't find her very lovable. Right. But um, I think you're right in that I would be surprised if she stays because it's just such a weird setup with the show at the moment that it's very much now about Kristen and Jay and the shit that, and Justin and Scoot and the stuff right, that they've right. got going the on. The personal life. And then there's like this, like one little tentacle that's kind yeah. of hanging on to uncommon Jane's behind the scenes um, with Brittany. And as much as I actually have enjoyed kind of seeing her go through it, yeah, I don't know how long that's sustainable right. as a storyline. And, you know, we saw Colby. Is it Colby? Yeah, the like, head of uh, you know, we, customer service. Customer services. She was like, and the thing, she used to be like a really big part of yeah. the show. So it's very clear that they're moving away from that. So I wonder if whatever Britney's decision is, whether she's going to be yeah. that involved in the next season anyway. Yeah, I think my irritation comes from like the fact that... <sighs> She doesn't really know what she wants, but then like to other people talks about like how she's being so underutilized at Uncommon James. Like, I don't think she's doing it in an honest way. And that kind of bothers me a little bit. I don't know. Yeah. No, I agree. And I also wonder if it's just massive insecurity. Like yeah, you go through a breakup I'm sure it and is. you start and she's like, and she talks about how they're hiring all these new people who are so phenomenal at their jobs. Right. And obviously the business is now at this level. So before when Britney was hired, I mean, Kristen was just basically yeah. hiring cute girls to like pack shit. Right. And that cute boy that worked at the gym. Yeah. And him. <laughs> he was really cute. Yeah. Um, 
And Brittany just happened to be one of those, but it turned out that she was super smart and really right. resourceful. So she kind of rose through the ranks. And now that company's at the point where it's actually hiring people with like proper degrees and shit and right. like marketing qualifications and all that shit. And I think she feels a little insecure, uncertain. Yeah. Yeah. And I think as well, she just needs a minute to make yeah. a decision and figure out what she's going to do. But I think either way, actually, it, I'd be surprised if she and Uncommon James workers as a whole have any kind of role in the show going yeah. forward. No, I think you make a really and good point. I kind of enjoy it more. I mean, I like the tidbits about the business. It was great to see like the Chicago store do really well and that kind of stuff. But I don't think we actually need a connection to the people that really solely work for them. I like the connection that we have like through Pip and all her, uh, like yes. her really close knit group of friends that do also happen to work with her too. I like that kind of connection more than like, I don't know. Kristen has a relationship with Brittany because Brittany still works there, not because like they're deep soul friends, you know? Well, and I think at first when the show started, it they maybe saw it as more of a Vanderpump Rules type thing where totally. it was like, the workers based. Yeah. And now it's becoming more of a Kardashian type thing where actually it's about the family and the people and the friends around this kind of brand. So we'll see how it goes. But yeah. um but I've really enjoyed the the season and I I, it might not be the most explosive of no. reality TV shows, but it's the one that I really enjoy watching the most. Yeah, I think it's because they deal with real family issues. Like even in this, like before they end, you know, you've got Kristen and Jay really talking about the possibility of Jay taking some commentary jobs, which would mean more traveling. And then how does that impact the family? And like, those are real life issues, not to the, you know, monetary extent or anything like that, but everybody who is married and has kids has those conversations about that exact same thing. Like money doesn't really come into play with that. And I think that's why it's so relatable to people who are married and have kids at least, um, because it's, it's real stuff. And I appreciate that. Yeah. And I think I agree. And I think when you're married with kids, no matter what you do, shit's always changing. Even if your jobs stay the same, your kids are going through different phases in your life. Your kids need you more or less or emotionally they're struggling. You know, there's all sorts of stuff that goes on. So coronavirus. (laughs) (laughs) A fucking coronavirus. Um, do you reckon all the babies born during the next six months will be called like the coronials? I saw that as a meme. So I think it's a contender. Oh, did you? Yeah. Did, did you not see that? that shit up? I've not seen that. No, no. It's going around big time here that there's going to be like a big baby boom nine months after coronavirus lockdown ends. I mean, I have heard that there's going to be a baby boom, but I haven't heard the yeah. coronials thing. They talked I feel about like... coronials. I'll send it to you. Oh, Sorry fuck. about that, babe. But it was fucking clever. I mean, it was clever. I'm going to take it. Yeah. And with that, I Um, think uh, we need to remind you to send in reviews. We got a new review this week from Amy in Germany. So it's on German iTunes, but it came through. So Amy, thank you, girlfriend, for writing that review while I'm sure you're trapped at home listening to us. Big heartfelt thanks. So if you want a big shout out, you write us that review and we'll name check you on the podcast. Absolutely. And um, we know that everybody is going through a really fucking rough time right now. And there is literally nothing that we can say that's going to make it any better. But um, if you do like reality TV show and you don't do shows and you don't mind two women chatting shit about it, then we are going to be here for you throughout the whole clusterfuck. Um, that is coronavirus. So 
Stay with us and remember that smart people watch reality TV too. Absolutely. Bye, guys. Bye. Please subscribe, rate and review TV My Husband Hates wherever you listen to your podcasts. You can also follow us on Facebook and Instagram at TV My Husband Hates and join the Facebook group to keep the conversation going when the podcast ends. If Twitter's your thing, you'll find us at TV Husbands Hate. The music and production for TV My Husband Hates by Jimmy Sims. Oh,